Jesus, we are just uh, in awe of you every day. God, every day we wake and we and we do life again. God, we're just so thankful for the price that you paid, for what you've done for us, the, the platform you've provided for us in this life. God, we give you the glory. Jesus, we lift you up in this place. We give you all the honor, all the praise. share some communion together this morning and the people handing that out can do that as soon as you've got that ready you can just start handing that out a few visitors that don't know who I am my name is Garth and I am I'm the chaplain at the local Christian school I'm one of the guys here at Christian City Church Tugra I'm also studying Bible College down at Oxford Falls and um I love it and life is awesome um but you know what I was thinking, God has really, in the past probably year or two, revealed grace to me so much, just so incredibly, and the fact that it's nothing by what I do that has any uh, bearing on on God's favor for me, His love for me. Um, and it's just incredible. And you know what? I'd love to, I hope I'm preaching to the converted this morning, and you all have a great revelation of that, but from what I've realized, there's probably going to be few people in here that don't that don't quite get that that still slip back into that zone of hey I've got to do this I've got to do that you know if God's going to be pleased with me I've got to do this and especially working with kids at the at the Christian school the amount of kids that have come up and and they they're all about oh I've blown it or, or or God's not happy with me and I just go why what what makes you possibly think that that God would not be happy with you oh I've done this I've done this well guess what that does not affect God's happiness with you or he's, how pleased he is with you. You know, God is so passionate, I've found, and if you look in the Word, all through this thing here, he's so passionate about us knowing and mankind knowing that it's not by what we do, but it's by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we come before God and that we are judged righteous and holy in his sight. Um... You know, I grew up in a, in a good family, not a Christian family, but a good family, you know, good morals. And the amount of times I've heard growing up, not only in my family, but how many people justify those, those who aren't believers, they justify that, okay, hey, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I'll be right. The bad people go to, you know, they're not, they're not good. But the good people, I'm a good person. And, um, and there's a big problem with that. There's a big problem, and I used to think that. When I first came to church, I said, hey, I'm a good person. Why do I need forgiveness, you know? I haven't done anything majorly wrong. I live a good life. Who decides what a good life is? That's, a, that's the biggest question that, I, that I've been thinking. Who decides what a good life is? There's got to be, if a good person is all good and their life is right, what, def- what defines good? And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, think that they do. <laughs> So everyone thinks that they define themselves what a good life, what a good person is. And, um, and you know, God, oh, thank you. God is so passionate to prove to us that we cannot do it without him. That he actually gave a list of things that people had to obey to be 
holy and righteous in his sight, to, to live a good life. He said, okay, guys, if you think, if you human beings think that you can live a good life and by what you do and you can, you can please me by what you do, I'm going to tell you what you need to do for that to happen. And so if you read in the Old Testament um, what we call the law, God gives the law to Moses and he says, okay, guys, see how you go with this. You need to do this, 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 and this. And that's God's righteous standard, his law. So if you think you can do it, go for it. But if you break one of them, you're guilty of the whole lot. And that's what we need, isn't it? If, 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 if you're thinking of if works are going to do it, then you need something to say, okay, well, that's what does it for me. There's not a person in the world that could do that, that could not break one of those laws, that could keep everyone perfect. Do you know what? God's so patient. He put that in place on purpose for the purpose of proving to people that they couldn't do it. That's why he did it. He didn't do it to... to he, didn't, he didn't put that law in place and go, hey, I really think you can do this. He said, I know you're not going to do it. I'm proven to you that you can't because for some reason, human beings slip into this zone that we think we can do it on our own. I don't know what it is, but since the beginning, Adam did it. He sinned and he made a covering. And God says, no, buddy, that's not going to do it. You can't make your own covering. I've got one for you, and that'll do the job. He made him a new one. And so we always sit back down and, hey, what covering can we make? You know, if I stuff up, maybe if I'm good for a week, then that's okay, and that's my covering, and, and it's all good again. I used to, I honestly used to think that for ages. If I stuffed up, if then I had a period of good time, then it was all good. But God's saying, hey, you can't do it. Don't try if you try and, and please me, if you try and obey this, if you try and do it, you're going to fall flat on, flat on your face. And so he, he puts this law in place and, and no, one, no one keeps it because we're all humans. And then um, why don't you turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 5. See, everything, since the beginning of time, God's been pointing towards Jesus. Since the beginning of time. 2 Timothy 1.9 says that actually, that since the beginning of time, he... He planned that Jesus would come in and, and pay the price for sin. I reckon in the Garden of Eden, blood was shed and he was pointing to Jesus with a sacrifice. In the law, he was pointing to Jesus. And so Jesus finally comes in and, 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 and the law's a miserable failure in a way, to be honest, that people couldn't do it. And so, Jesus, and so God says, all right, it's time. I think they might maybe realize that they need a savior. God put the law in place to people realize that they could not do it and they needed a savior. So Jesus comes in. And in chapter 5 um, of Matthew, verse 17, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now some people say, oh, so he didn't come to abolish the law. So I still must be able to, you know, the Ten Commandments, I'll still have to, you know. No. He didn't come to abolish it. That's right. He came to fulfill it. He said every requirement that was in that thing that that no human could do, Jesus came and he did it. And, you know, afterwards, I've also heard, you know, in the coming coming verses, verse chapter 1, it says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister, if you're just angry with them, you're subject to judgment. He's, saying, he's not requiring a new standard there. He's saying, not, this is how, he's saying, this is how hard it is. If you're even angry with someone, you break the law. You cannot do it. You just cannot do it. 
He said, I didn't, come to, I didn't come to abolish it and say it's not important. He's saying, I've come to fulfill it for you so that through me, you can obtain it. You know, and so, so I love it that he's just pointing out so clearly that we cannot, we cannot do it. These thoughts, I'm sorry, no human being can control a thought in their, head, in their mind about being angry with someone. Lustful thoughts. Try and control it. Try and make that not happen. It's just not possible because we're human beings. But we come to God and say, Jesus, thank you so much for the price you paid that you came that not only would we uh, be righteous, but we're righteous through the blood of Jesus. So we meet, the law was God's righteous standard. In Jesus Christ, we, we meet that. We meet his standard. We come before God. We can stand before him. We can have the favor of God. We stand before God with with nothing in our way, sin is dealt with all through Jesus Christ. And so I guess, you know, even, so if you, you might not be, you know, know Jesus in this place, and this might be a new thought, but the only way that you can live a life that is fulfilling and right is by Jesus Christ. And Christians, unfortunately, too, we just have this tendency to slip back into it. Paul wrote to the Galatians and says, Who bewitched you that you started in the Spirit but went back to works after a year? He goes, what are you doing? He goes, you don't just know Jesus by faith and then it's back to works. No, it's all about faith in Christ and the works just happen. So works are important and doing the right thing, but that just happens as you see Jesus and he pours out his love upon you. So um, I just want to read one scripture from Hebrews and then we'll, we'll take this in another time of, of worship. But it's just so incredible. Just... I encourage you, do not strive to come into the presence of God. If you're here this morning and you're coming comfortably into the presence of God, why is that? Because you haven't done anything wrong recently or because Jesus died on the cross? If you're sitting here just hanging your head in shame, is it because you've done something bad? That's not, that doesn't matter. All you need to do is lay it at his feet and say, hey, forgive me. Just take that from me. And it's done. It's so incredible. You know, Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 22, I'll leave you with this. Um, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith we draw near to God, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's one of the best scriptures in the whole Bible, I reckon. We just come before God. As we take this communion, we're saying, Hey, Jesus, I know I can't do it by myself. I know, I know I can't obtain my own forgiveness. I know I can't please you by what I do. I know that you love me unconditionally. And, that, and when you take that, you're saying, I receive that. You're saying, I receive you, Jesus. I receive the pro- what you did on the cross. I receive your blood. I receive the, the price that you paid for my sin. I receive it. And that's all we're doing as we're taking that this morning. We're not saying, I'm perfect, I'm incredible. We're saying, Jesus, you're perfect, you're incredible.